Asylus. Perhaps it would be best if you allow our Middle Eastern forces to fight in the northern regions of Africa. Middle Easterners will be more sympathetic to our cause if Westerners are not in the middle of the conflict. Westerners and the Chinese, to be frank. Look, I understand what you are suggesting, but African countries will undoubtedly accept America as their new rulers, and China knows to stay out of the way for now. Are you sure? Because the last I checked, there are hundreds of thousands of Chinese soldiers on the coast waiting to march into Egypt, Morocco, and Libya. And they say you approved their aggressive push into those countries. That is correct. I did approve it. And you did not think to confer with me. I was under the impression my views mattered when it came to conflict in the Middle East. It's Northern Africa. Asylus, you disappoint me that the details of this conflict have slipped through your fingers. It would be a grave mistake to allow the Chinese to fight in this war. They will be seen as the new colonialists, and my position will be weakened because I was not involved in the discussion of this matter. And where I stand, I can never be seen as weak. This is a sensitive matter, and I'm not suggesting that it isn't. But the Chinese have made it clear their interest as our allies, which have always been to have mining rights and rights to ports. We're just making good on our end of the deal we made. The more you speak of this, the more I am disappointed in you, Silas. Has it ever occurred to you there are no tangible resources worth mining northern Africa? Or have you ever questioned the need for access to so many ports? What could even be in northern Africa? that they so desperately want and need. It's mostly desert, and oil reserves are not as plentiful as in other parts of the world. You have not thought this through, my friend. Okay, you have my attention. Why do you think they are so interested in that part of the world? They are not so interested in that region for themselves. I believe they are working at the behest of someone else. Or perhaps something else. Please elaborate. I'm not following you. Asylus, Northern Africa holds many ancient secrets. Secrets that have been under the watchful guard of a very obscure and ancient order. This ancient order is under 24-hour protection. And if and when the Chinese move in, they will assuredly exploit the secrets kept buried and well hidden for thousands of years. Ancient secrets, you say? 
Yes, Silas. Do not allow the Chinese access to these regions. They will, no doubt, turn over those ancient secrets into the hands of our enemies. And this is a warning you should not ignore. You do remember the stories in the Holy Bible about the Ark of the Covenant. Well, I would not be surprised if this is one of those ancient secrets the Chinese wish to uncover. New Kingdom Radio Theater. There's a monster among us. A monster that has haunted my dreams since I was six years old. A monster that made the Pacific Northwest its home long before Europeans found this continent. I'm Jared Strong, and I'm hunting this monster. These recordings will serve to document this pursuit so I can prove to the world that it exists. I won't stop till it's found. Subject found. Subscribe on any podcatcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Find more information at paulsading.com. King Hussein and the Middle Eastern Alliance moved on Egypt, Morocco, Libya, Algeria, and Somalia in what became known as the Desert Demolition. While some countries like Ethiopia, Uganda, Congo, and Chad did not want war of any sort with America, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Nigeria, Mali, Cameroon, and others asked King Silas to leave them to their sovereignty. But their requests were met with silence. To ascertain the situation and attempt diplomacy to circumvent the full-scale military advancement into the interior of the continent, Asilas sent Lord Hannah Samuel to the region on the coast of Libya to meet and coordinate with the Middle Eastern Alliance. However, Before Lord Samuel's military helicopter could land at one of King Hussein's army strongholds, the helicopter was shot down, killing all on board. The death of Lord Samuel impacted the king's state of mind, and the sailors sank into a depression. She was a key figure in the king's expansion and establishment of the American order throughout Europe. While King Hussein and forces under his command battled resistance in northern Africa, the Chinese were particularly sour about being told to stand down. President Wei expressed his discontent in a fiery meeting with Silas. Silas, I hope you understand waiting off the coast of Northern Africa is an expensive waste of our time and resources. I was under the impression 
by now, we would have been allowed to assist King Hussein in the war with Egypt and Libya. Why are we being denied? It's purely for political reasons, President Wei. Neither of us were aware of the sensitive nature of our respective cultures being seen as colonialists. We need the people of these regions to accept us and our cause, or we will simply be seen as occupiers. And we need them to join us as allies. I understand this now. But if they do not see us fighting alongside Hussein in this war, then he will be seen as having authority over us. They need to see all of us together as one force. Instead, you have allowed King Hussein to achieve all this personal glory. Perhaps Hussein is setting the stage for when he becomes the absolute ruler of this region. Something I believe you promised him. So you think Hussein wants to be viewed as a great military mind and warrior? So everyone in the Middle East and Northern Africa will someday accept him as their absolute ruler? It seems plausible to me. After all, he has not only requested Chinese forces to be kept out of the conflict, but all of our airline forces. He does not even want Spartans involved. Don't you find this rather strange? I would be concerned if his forces were losing the battle, but they aren't. They are taking too long, in my opinion, Asylas. And do not forget, a trusted member of your High Council, Lord Samuel, died trying to reach one of Hussein's bases. I don't mean to sound highly suspicious of Hussein, but his strategies are costing him more soldiers than it should. What are you suggesting we do? In my opinion, you should give the order to allow our Chinese forces to provide reinforcements and end the conflict in the target countries. I really don't see why you shouldn't send your Spartans to use your poison filter machine and put this resistance to an end. You're suggesting I undermine our ally King Hussein? No, but you're the king. And our leader in this revolution, I'm merely asking you to think carefully about what is happening now. Is this the right move? Is this even your move or somebody else? I know you well enough now, Asylus. I know you think every move very carefully, and you are seldom wrong. But I question whether this move was yours. And I also question if this is truly the right move. In honor of Lord Samuel, King Silas commanded the High Council to be expanded to twelve lords. And replaced Lord Samuel with the widow of a Supreme Court judge, Mary Ruth. She expressed loyalty to the king and later proved herself to be a great thinker and philosopher, debating some of the most well-respected theologians in the world. On the war front, in spite of President Wei's insistence to intervene. Asylus decided to let King Hussein continue battling the countries resisting their cause in northern Africa. 
This created increasing tensions between Asilis and President Wei. Amid all the stresses of the war efforts, Prince Jacob and Monica Banks were said to be married at the Grand Castle. Queen Rebecca herself was in charge of all the planning for America's first royal wedding. It was a bittersweet celebration, but since the new kingdom of America was occupying all of Europe and Great Britain, the American royal wedding created a much-needed festive distraction. People from all over the world came to witness the exchange of wedding vows between Prince Jacob and the little-known Monica Banks. It was announced one of the newly appointed lords, Lord Andrew Richards, would be the man given the bride away, as it was revealed Monica's biological father died during the Civil War. Lord Richards was very fond of Prince Jacob, and the two would later become very close friends. Leading up to the wedding, however, no one was aware that Monica Banks and Lord Richards were already close alliances, as Lord Richards was romantically linked to her mother, Lord Vanessa Banks. Had Silas known of the romance between Richards and Banks, he would never have allowed them to serve as lords on the High Council together. So happy for you, baby. Andrew, you're here. Can you believe what is happening? I can actually. You've grown up to be such a beautiful woman. Prince Jacob is absolutely the luckiest man on the planet. Stop it. Um, have you spoken to my mother today? I speak with her every day. There's no need to whisper. I know these walls have not been tampered with. I made sure the bug devices were removed from the entire third floor of the castle. King's orders, not mine. Look, your mother and I have spoken at length about your upcoming marriage to Prince Jacob. Things are moving pretty quickly now. You just have to be patient. Believe me, I am being patient. I'm just a little nervous. The king might find out. Your mother and I have been extremely careful. The king trusts us. And he has no reason not to. We are completely devoted to the cause. The only difference is we're thinking a little further ahead than he is. As lords on the High Council, part of what we do is to try and see things before he does and help him make the right decisions for all Americans. Yeah, but this is different, Andrew. I can still call you Andrew, right? In private, of course you can. But try and get in the habit of calling me Lord Richards from now on. I wouldn't want you to slip in front of others and then bring suspicion upon us. Not a drop of doubt should ever be placed on myself, you or your mother. Is that understood? Of course, Lord Richards. Now, I would like to take a peek at your wedding dress. Is that allowed? Ah. 
<laughs> oh my god, it is so gorgeous. Just take a look. Your Majesty, your visits have been very infrequent. I know there has to be much weighing on your mind, given the state of the war efforts, Lord Samuel's death, and the Prince Jacob's upcoming wedding. Do you wish to talk about what you are feeling? Sure, Doctor. Uh, a part of me is feeling a little lost. I I'm deeply saddened by Lord Samuel's death. She was such a good woman. Uh, but also my little boy, Jacob. He... He used to be such a sweet little boy. I, I just well up when I recall how he would run and play and jump on me when I laid on the couch. And now, he will soon be married to Monica Banks. And I feel like I'm losing my little boy. Well, sir, John Paul once said, The more sand that has escaped from the hourglass of our life, the clearer we should see through it. Perhaps you are simply seeing your life through a clearer lens. And change is always hard. Look, have you spoken to Jacob lately about your feelings? You should open up to him more. Tell him you love him and want to spend more time with him and that sort of thing. I, I spend time with him. But lately he has been so involved in military planning and wanting to contribute to our war strategies. And he's even involved with the Spartans. <sighs> he isn't that cute little boy anymore. That little fella's long gone. You know, I, I can't really talk about this with him. He would see it as me being weak. So instead, I just put it all in that grieving basket I have for poor Hannah Samuel. This way, I don't look weak, and it doesn't put him in a position where he feels obligated to be close to me. I disagree, sir. Children can be very close to their parents their entire lives. Look... For what it's worth, with my father, we talked all the time. We had some very deep discussions about the mind, about human nature, all the things I loved learning about. He was my mentor, my teacher, and my best friend. And when he was very frail and close to dying, he cried. I asked him why he was crying, and he said because he never wanted me to see him so weak and frail. I just held him in my arms as he lay in his hospital bed and cried with him. Because I knew in my heart, my father was never a weak man. And when I cried with him, I think it gave him that confirmation. And three nights later, he was gone. My only regret is not having that moment with him sooner. It should never have taken him being on his deathbed for both of us to know where we stood as men, as father and son, and as human beings on this earth. Your Majesty, forgive me for being so forward, but have that moment with your son. Don't wait until you were on your deathbed. I honestly believe your bond will become stronger. I am truly moved by your story, Dr. Ezekiel. Uh, I'm at a loss for words, frankly. Sir, sometimes when you and I talk, I feel it is you that is my therapist. You are too modest. I want you to know I owe you so much because our talks are what centers me much of the time. 
Of course, I I talk at length with my wife, but it is different between spouses. It it just is. I can't explain it, and, and I am sure if you know what I mean. As a therapist, I speak to many people and know some very intimate details about what goes on in a marriage. I myself have chosen never to marry, but that's because I believe a piece of paper does not bind a person to devotion. That only happens in the heart. And I have been fortunate to have loved someone through the years, and I feel I have missed nothing. Perhaps in one of our future talks you will tell me more about this person. I think I'm going to nap now, Doctor. I I haven't slept much. I understand, sir. Sleep all you want. President Wei, to what do I owe this unexpected visit? 
Oh, I think you know why I'm here. It is time you stop playing games with China. I don't understand what you mean. I'm going to spell it out for you. Tell King Osiris to allow China access to Egypt and Libya. I will not ask nicely again. Or what, President Wei? Will you turn against your Middle Eastern allies? Perhaps this is what you plan all along. Even though you signed an agreement with us, tell me, is it just a piece of paper to you? Our agreement? You're trying my patience, King Hussein. And if you will not advise Asylus to allow China access, then I will have no choice but to back away from our alliance. Your word is your honor, not a piece of paper. Tell me, why are you so desperate to access Egypt and Libya? They don't have any rich natural resources for you to strip the land bare of. What could you possibly want from there? Your silence speaks volumes. Perhaps you don't even know yourself because someone else is telling you to make this demand of us. A man such as you need not concern yourself with the necessity of a nation of China. You should concern yourself with what is in the best interest of your region and what will benefit you. Do you truly think Asylus will not have the final say in what you do once you deliver the Middle East to him and America? If you think you will not be under his control, then you are a fool. I am still waiting for an answer to my question, Wei. What is it you want from Egypt and Libya? Do you know what I think? I think you are not truly our ally. I think you are betraying us and have some other motive behind your demands. Motives that may be of a nefarious nature. If King Osiris does not see what you are doing, I assure you, I certainly do. So, my advice to you is make your case to His Majesty King Osiris, because I will not help you in betraying him nor our cause. You need to leave now, President Wei. You are making a grave mistake, King Hussein. And the day will come soon when you will regret it. Silas, episode 22, Sands of the Hourglass, starring J.V. Torres as King of Silas, Mark Rios as King Hussein, 
Alexander Yang as President Wei. Jeff Ellis as Dr. Ezekiel. Layla Bonet as Monica Banks. Victor Mapp as Lord Andrew Richards. And narrated by Sergei Brezhnikov. This episode features the song Take Away This Pain by Chris Ray. Other music contributions by Stephen Fisher, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, Sergei Cheremisinov, Freesound.org, and Audio Jungle. For more information about the cast, the music, or this production, please visit us at www.theriseofkingasylus.com. And now, a word from our podcast friends. The Mona Lisa, the Hope Diamond, the sarcophagus of King to Uncommon. Humanity has accumulated hundreds upon hundreds of priceless artifacts and treasures, each one the physical embodiment of a certain time and place. But for all of humankind's greatest achievements, we also kind of suck. For every priceless painting on display in the Louvre, there is another masterpiece stolen and bartered off in an underground auction, or even collecting dust in your grandmother's attic. Each week, Relic, the Lost Treasure podcast, explores the strange, but mostly true, tales behind history's greatest lost treasures. If you like unsolved mysteries and true crime, with maybe a little less murder, but certainly a few weird deaths, then you should come along on the journey. Join me, Maxwell, as I dig beneath the couch cushions of history. You can find Relic on iTunes, or stream us at relic.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without the E's. Adventure awaits. This has been a production of the New Kingdom Radio Theater in Baltimore, Maryland. Copyright 2019. And stay tuned for episode 23.